Welcome to episode 58 of the Permaculture Pimpcast, the only Pimpcast on planet Earth where we discuss permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. How you doing, son? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, it's been a long day. I'll get into that in a minute, but um, check us out on the Fountain app where y'all can tip a pimp. Also, this show brought to you by Hickory Ridge Soap at TwoOldCrows.com. Turn that simp into a pimp. Bam! EMP Shield. Also, they got that new micro out there. You might want to check it out, especially for your small stuff. 50 bucks off with promo code PERMA. P-E-R-M-A. All right, y'all. Tip of the day. Mark your tools and expect them to get abused on group projects. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't know that tip was coming, did you? Yeah. Well, here's what I'm getting at y'all. There's a lot of times like when you're in the, when you come from the construction trades, like I do, I'm a journeyman electrician and it's kind of known. I mean, every once in a while you'll, you'll work with some blockhead that just uses your stuff. I mean, it's rare, but it's generally known that everybody uses their own stuff. If they ever borrow anything from you, um, they generally let you know there's, there's a, um, a decorum, if you will, on jobs like that, but dig it. When you're on jobs like this, where really nobody, not a whole lot of people there have any construction background, you're going to have stuff that comes up missing, man. I was joking around today and even yesterday saying, dude, this is like Beauty and the Beast, man. I got, I got, I swear, I got a sledgehammer sitting right there. I'm looking at it. <laughs> I take two steps away to go get a bucket of gravel or something, come back, and that thing's done walked on me. Yeah. Same thing with my, uh, I bought a, I didn't buy anything here. The only tools I bought was a tape measure and um, a two-foot level. Okay, it's really handy to have a four-foot level, but two-foot, you know, I might be able to get that in my bag and take it home. Man, next thing I know, there's people over there, and it reminded me of your mom. They're over there taking (laughs) this young lady. She's as sweet as can be, man. She's in there prying stuff with my two-foot. Whoa, like, hold up. I mean, and it just brought me right back to your mom where she's got all kinds of, got my clients in the garden, got all kinds of tools in places they ain't supposed to be. And she's in there like scraping rocks around and throwing this thing. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. You gotta, you gotta be a little. (laughs) (laughs) That's just a stick with bubbles in it. Yeah. I'm like, hey, this thing's got, it's got to be level. You know, I can't have this. And I'm like, okay. She's like, oh, okay. You know, she wasn't meaning meaning any harm. It was, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things, man. It just made me think of your mom. And I said, hey, take it easy, kid. She was all apologetic and everything. Like, yeah, you don't really want to pry with a level. Yeah. And, uh, you know, tools walk. And it there's people, when you're working with people in projects like this, they just have a different understanding of what a construction job is like. And this whole thing is totally different. Um, in that way, because you're dealing with the people that come from all kinds of backgrounds. we got international people. A number of people on this thing have been, you know, born in other places. And not one of them that I'm aware of really has a construction background. So, yeah, I'll get into the, more of that in a minute. But, yeah, well, mark hey, your stuff. 
Hey, I just realized that people don't under, like, if they didn't listen to the last episode, they don't know why you sound funny or where you are. Oh, okay. Well, for those that don't know, I'm out in uh, Safford, Arizona, right at the base of Mount Graham. And maybe I'll do a video. Not maybe. I'm going to talk about it maybe a little bit today. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what we get into. But yeah, we're at the base of Mount Graham. There's a guy out there building an earth ship, and he did a lot of the work himself. But the real benefit and the blessing to me is I'm out here and this job is at a stage and I'm thankful that I came. I really am because it's at a stage to where I'm getting an exposure to all the critical parts of this build. So in the week and a half that I'm going to be here, I've already seen and, and you know, learned how to do the tire pounding and, um, you know, realize that these are, I could figure this out myself, but when you're working with people that have pounded thousands and thousands of tires it's like we talked about before with any kind of you know apprenticeship and master kind of thing you know you always learn so much in those things because i don't have to reinvent the wheel you know a guy saying okay stick your pick in here do this do that and then you kind of develop your own techniques so it's really really cool i'm out here yeah i guess we'll just jump right into the farm news well i'm out here and yeah i'm working on this and it's been something of learning. I talked about it in the last podcast, how my own, I guess you could say prejudice, maybe even bigotry, was getting in the way, my own way. And so I've been learning a lot and also learning a lot with, um, you know, I'm an old hand at this sort of thing. And a lot of these people aren't. And having to learn to be a little bit patient and understanding and it's been a real, it's been a real education in so many different ways. And I'm also realizing son, that these things are incredibly, um, forgiving. Okay. On most construction sites, everything has to be perfectly plumb, perfectly level, perfect, this perfect, that. But what I'm finding out in this whole thing is that this, the genius of Michael Reynolds, the guy who invented this sort of thing, shines through in every single way in the construction of this thing because i'm thinking how do you get a bunch of people that don't know a thing about construction but here we are you know four days into this thing and people are really starting to understand how all of it comes together whereas the guys before i, I was saying man i didn't you know everything's changed in that regard you got a couple of guys that are kind of you know doing their own thing and in their own world but you're always going to have that sort of thing but man, I'm telling you what, these girls get after it. And I'm realizing that part of the genius in this thing is that you can take people that have absolutely no background at all. And really in just a matter of four days, man, you're you're working like a well-oiled machine. So it seems like it all came together today. Where yeah, where I'm working with this young lady named Miracle. She's as sweet as can be. And, you know, you jump around, you're working with this person, working with that, and I'm all over the job. So it, it it's really it's really a pleasure to be able to do all this stuff. The tire pounding is probably going to be complete by tomorrow, but I'm looking at the blueprints. I'm going back and forth. I'm asking these guys whatever questions I have, and just about everything I want to know about this thing is being dealt with in the most positive way. The only, the only thing left undone at this point is dehydration. Um, Y'all, I'm telling you, I'm, William, I'm sitting here drinking at least a gallon and a half every day on the job. Dang. And then I've been waking up for some reason at like two o'clock in the morning and I'll drink an entire quart of water at two o'clock in the morning. 
and I won't even have to get up to go pee. See, well, um, well, it's funny you say that because, like, here at the house, I mean, completely different, like, on the other side of the United States, uh, Emily and I have been doing the same thing. Like, we've been waking up in the middle of the night, like, dying of thirst and getting, like, water in the middle of the night. I, wow. I wonder if something else is going on. I don't know. Well, they definitely have their share of chemtrails out here. I mean, who knows? Maybe that's got a little something to do with it. But I know, like I was telling your mom, man, I'll get up, drink an entire quart of water, and then, you know, try to go back to sleep. I wasn't so successful this last time. I mean, it was touch and go. Um, so, you know, outside of trying to – and then we got people. I'm a little close to the road in the town here. The big trucks come through making a bunch of noise, guys on Harleys, the whole nine yards. But I got to say, it's um, it's really starting to come together, and especially in my mind, because this has been something of an adjustment for me, because I'm used to working around people in the construction trade that really know what they're doing. And there's been a little bit of frustration on my part, um, but I'll tell you, man, it's really starting to come together, and my attitude has really done a 180 in so many different ways. So it's been a blessing in that. Hey, so, Dad, uh, you got you to gotta move the... Uh, iPad or something? Are you? Did you put it in a desk? Yeah, why? Because I can hear the the echo. Well, <laughs> it's okay. reverberating well, in the desk. <laughs> so we're supposed to be getting better at this, man. Doing this remote. Yeah, stuff, what are but... you doing? All right, is this better? That's so much better. <laughs> I don't hear yeah. myself talking. <laughs> well, why didn't you tell me? I sound like I'm in a doggone I didn't, coffee can. Dad, I ran through this old. I ran through all of our like recording equipment trying to figure out what was going on, and then I realized you put it in a desk. Yeah, well, hey, <laughs> I was hey, trying not to happens. interrupt. It's happening. So tell me what's happening at the house. Well, just if I run through the farm news as the day went by um this morning mom and i woke up went out to do the animals and stuff like that and you can see that there's still like a blue sky but the planes had uh started with their spraying already so it, it like perfectly blue sky this morning with streaks across the the sky the streaks turned into clouds and now we're dealing with the weather we have now which is very windy very windy uh rain and then we're supposed to get snow later. It's supposed to turn into snow. Right now it's 50 degrees. And they're saying it's wow. supposed to drop to like 20s or something and, and start snowing. Um, just on the other side of the mountains in Tennessee, apparently they had tornadoes and stuff like that. So that's not good. Um, yeah, they're going overboard. What else is going on back there? Uh, still chopping the forest down. And uh, mom's still working on her online class stuff like that oh and if anybody has a solution for a cat in heat like the constant meowing this cat is driving us crazy we can hear this cat like okay dad not nobody knows the layout of the house but dad we can hear the cat meow at night from me and emily's room in the garage yes the cat is in the garage and we can hear that cat meowing all well, night long well, we're supposed to get Thuggy fixed here before long. I know she's Ginger. got a date set up. Huh? Ginger. And man, there ain't no way. I, man, we got too many fruity names for these animals <laughs> now. I ain't about to call this cat. That's what they voted on, Dad. So anyways, if yeah, anybody well, has any solutions for cats and heat until they get fixed, please let us know. Um, also, last thing for farm news. Tomorrow I'm starting the hard 75. So there's that. 75 hard. 75 hard. Yeah. It, it's well, i almost ended it in challenge that. but it's not a challenge 
Well, uh, I'm I'm glad you're doing it, son. I'm going to be hopping and popping on it when I get back too. But I'll tell you what, swinging that sweat sledgehammer is making me strong. <laughs> but one more one more uh, note I want to point out too is that hey, y'all, if you're everybody's hitting me up, a lot of people hit me up about butchery and where they can go to get that and what training they can get. Look, farm where you live, folks over there. Josh and Megan are putting on a um, a butchery, and it's going to be from start to finish, as I understand it. We're going to leave a link down below. That's going to be on March 4th in Grove, um, what is that, uh, Grove, South Carolina, I believe. Tickets are going to be, now this is a bargain, y'all, 300 bucks for this. And it's going to be 550 if you have two people. And Ben and Meg Holler are going to be leading that up. So, um, yeah, you're going to get some really good training out of this. Uh, good people, they know what they're doing. And get signed up if you want that training. You're going to be glad you did. Yeah, that'll be all linked right, in that. the description and all that. Yeah, so we'll leave it all down below. So we're going to move on into the homesteading, Pastor. Pastor Lon, here we go. Well, give me one second because I had to switch over to – I have to get pull that back up, Dad. Here we go. The Bible says in Proverbs 11 and 2, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. The problem with pride is this. Our pride wants to say that we don't need God and that we don't need each other. Our pride wants to say that we're perfectly happy without God and without others in our lives. But I'm here to tell you, everybody needs somebody and nobody should have to do life alone. What I found to be true is real happiness only comes when we are willing to humble ourselves before an almighty God and allow his will to be carried out in our life every day. In doing this, we might realize that the process may be painful, but in the end result, it brings great joy. Well, ain't that the truth? Um, good night, man. That, that's definitely stuff, especially when it comes to other people. Um, that's been a hard lesson for me to have to learn, man. So that's really, thank you so much for that, Pastor Lon. Be sure to check him out over there, Homesteading Pastor on YouTube. All right, we're going to get right into the bad news, good news. And once again, it's going to be good news that you don't think is good at first. All right, now here's the bad one. And man, there was so many to select from, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to focus on that so much. But this is important. Um, two monster storms are about to, to, to bomb a drenched California this weekend anyway. And if you look, this is from strangesounds.com. If you, if you go and check this thing out, by every metric, just like you were talking a minute ago, son, it looks like right off the bat, this thing is geoengineered. I know a lot of folks don't want to talk about that, but it is happening. And um, California is going to get blasted again. Now, we got sent an article also from Ben and Denise over at Renewed Homestead. Go check them out. Um, I didn't, I just seen the article right when I got done working on this thing. So I didn't get a chance to uh, talk about it. But, you know, California, as I understand it, I got the gist of it, but basically California had allocated all this money to capture this water and they've done absolutely nothing with it or probably mismanaged it or just downright stole it. So there's the bad news. But remember, also in permaculture, we prepare for these things. So what are, what rain events do we pre prepare when we build our homesteads? The 100-year rain events, the worst possible ones, the worst ones that we have recorded on record. Like, those are the ones that we prepare for. Those are the ones we're ready for. That's why right. Jeff Lawton's farm doesn't fall apart when he has a 100-year rain event, a 100-year drought event, and then two 100-year rain events back-to-back. -back. 
That's why. It's because he plans for those events. That's why permaculture is my passion, y'all. This is exactly why we do this. All right. So let's kick it into uh, some good news. And like I said, it's going to be one of those times where you... Now, in the future, when I get back, we're going to start reaching out to all of you out there to tell us your good news stories. Because I'd much rather... I mean, these are things that are personal. We're a family here, you know, a YouTube or a um, podcast family, whatever the case may be. You know, I would much rather share your awesome news out there. I mean, did you have a new, um, was there a new animal born on the homestead? You know, are things going really well? I mean, we can't constantly go on about the bad news because there's so much out there and we're just not going to focus on it. In the past, I did no more for every one bad news. I'm going to give you two good ones. And this is going to be a good one right here, at least for me. Uh, Twitter censored posts about natural immunity and vaccines after pressure from Pfizer board member. Now, there was recently another, actually, it was another radio program was talking about, they did a little collage. I want to say it was the Alex Jones show, where they did a collage of all these different ads on TV brought to you by Pfizer. Brought to you by mm-hmm. Pfizer. Brought to you by Pfizer. I don't care if it's the, the prostitutes over at Fix News or whether it's MSNBC or CNN. All of them, every single one of those prostitutes, and that name fits them, they're all sold out to the same interest. I mean, look at how many pharmaceutical commercials you see, I mean, every single time you put them on. And the only time I ever watch anything like that is when I'm in a hotel or on the road or something like that. But it just goes to show you, there you go once again. The reason why that's good news is because this word is starting to get out. People are starting to wake up. In fact, I had a conversation on this job today, and many of these people, many of them involved in this sort of thing, if not maybe all of them, maybe one or two, um, I'd say the overwhelming majority of these people come from the leftist tradition. Many of them young kids. Uh, some of them almost certainly brainwashed by, you know, academia, high schools, whatever the case may be. But I'm out there having conversations about things that just a year ago I would not have been able to have a conversation about. And some of it, in fact, one of the very conversations from a person from California today, um, it, and we had to be careful because he was real cautious about offending anybody, somebody about it. He's waking up and he's telling me out there where he lives in L.A., that people are really starting to wake up. They're looking around and they're seeing that none of the claims they made, even the most hardcore people that fall in line with everything told to them by the mainstream prostitutes are now starting to ask critical questions. In fact, even some of the people on this job, like I said, primarily come from a, I would almost assume a leftist tradition. And, um, you know, these stories like this are starting to eke its way out. And they're starting to find out. And that brings me on to the other good news thing. I never did like this guy. Neil deGrasse Tyson throws a fit after interviewer questions COVID vaccine efficacy. I mean, this is exactly what I'm talking about. So, you know, when you you always know who the polecats are when you, I'll put it this way, y'all. A, a guy with a whole lot of sense once said, you know the mark of a real thinker because they can Consider any argument without necessarily agreeing or disagreeing with it or even raising their voice. But when you see somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I think uh, I got my issues with this guy on so many different realms. But when you hear him in here in this interview, and I don't have the recording of it right now. I didn't get it sent over to William. But when you hear a guy like this in that interview and you hear this dude just absolutely 
raising his voice, reacting emotionally. When you hear that, it also tells the audience, huh, well, thou doth protest too much. You know, you're probably thinking, okay, well, what is this guy? Why is he this emotional about? <laughs> thou ain't been hit before. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> yeah, elevate that pimp hand and unleash on DeGrasse Tyson. I never did like that guy for a whole bunch of other reasons. But anyway, um, he he showed his butt on there because the interviewer is asking legit questions. Well, guess what? The same thing I just said a minute ago, people are starting to look past and people like him and a number of others, when the when the dust settles on all this stuff, this guy and all the other polecats like him are not going to be able to walk down the street when it's all said and done. You know, there's people I care about that have taken this thing, and they're suffering right now. And I'm sure a lot of you out there know a lot of people like that, too. Well, guess what? The day is coming. People are starting. I would have never believed this, but it's. And then the more things get, you know, tighter, I there was a lot of other bad news stories I was going to bring up here, but, you know, I'm, I'm sticking to this one bad news, two good news things, but I got to kind of halfway bring it up. It's the one thing I said that will wake everybody up is going to be mass starvation or, you know, you don't have what you need in the grocery store or you just can't afford it. Well, it's only going to get worse. And sadly, the worse it becomes the more people are likely to wake up. Like I always say, the days of, well, I didn't say this, somebody else did, but the days of darkness have a way of making you see the light. And I always said that the crucible of really hard times is a way of making people wake up. And we're seeing that right now. All right, with that said, we're going to go into our first break and we're going to come back with a main topic. So you best be on the creek bank late in the shade Chewing on a hickory twig Pass that bottle, I'll have me a swig I ain't got a lot, but I think I got it made All right Another good jam right there. Mom picked that song, and guys, you don't oh know what goodness. I had to shoot down to get to this one. Y'all, oh you're welcome. My goodness, man. You don't what even know. Like? <laughs> you guys don't even know, but what you're welcome. Was that like? Mom basically stormed out of the office throwing a fit, saying, Next time I'm picking music, you can't say no. <laughs> What was she, I, I don't even know if I want to get into this, but what on earth could she have possibly picked? It, okay, this is the permaculture pent cast. Clearly, we have a standard of music. Like it can't be you can't be wanting to cry or turn off the pimp cast because I can't remember the name of the song she was wanting to play, but I don't know. It was wanting to everybody would be crying. Oh, <laughs> the exact man. opposite response of what we want on a pimp cast. <laughs> well. Okay, well, <laughs> well, we'll just, uh, I'll have to make it up to your mom later. All right, y'all, <laughs> let's get into the topic here. And it's kind of a spinoff of something we did last week. Now, this topic is um, spending time with lunatics. All right. And I'm, and I'm not necessarily talking about Earthship, although it could be that. Um, so there's two recent things. Num the one you know about, Earthship. The other was... I was on a conference call. Now I get done working here at about four 30. 
okay? 4.30 local time. So it's like two hours behind North Carolina, and I'm still not quite made the adjustment. But anyway, um, so I have to leave because I'm speaking at a conference coming up, and it's going to be something that's local. I'm not going to say what it is for a bunch of reasons anyway. I, I signed up for this thing, and now I'm having reg- – well, they asked me to speak at this thing, and now I'm having regrets for a bunch of reasons. Number one, I don't know what the other speakers do at this conference, but, man, I'm busy. I got a life. I actually, I I don't get a whole lot of sleep because I am working all the time. And it's usually a labor of love, but it requires a lot of work. Well, anyway, son, check this out. So I go into this Zoom meeting that I had yesterday. And I'm hearing, first of all, when I hear a lot of vocal fry and up talk, I already know right then and there, it's going to be something I'm probably not going to dig. Well, in this meeting, these folks are basically telling you things that if you have to be told, you should be wrapped in the head with a flipping tack hammer. I mean, like common things like don't yell at the people in your class. Don't do this. Don't do that. If you need all this help. And I'm like, man, I'm sitting here as I'm going through this thing now. And in full disclosure, I'd left that job. And I got it on, I'm in this Zoom call with, I don't know, maybe 30 other people. And I put this thing on mute. And I go I go to this Mexican restaurant and I'm in there <laughs> ordering something to go. And I guess somehow I knocked it off of mute when I was in the bathroom. But I'll tell Dang. that story at a later date. <laughs> yeah. So, Let me tell uh, you exactly what I think about what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So... And trust me, this is the kind of place where I'm trying to figure out where this digestive <laughs> crisis is coming from, man. I don't know if it's the water they got out here or if it's some of this vegan food they've been feeding me out here or trying to. Well, I've been eating some of it, but that's I'll get into that in a minute. Anyway, get out of there. And um, <laughs> I realized, OK, I need to put this thing back on mute. Get over there. Let these people talk. And by the time I come back to it, I done ordered this burrito. And uh, yeah, it only compound the digestive issues. I'm sure. You, and then, you hold on, hold on. You you put it off mute to take a dump, and then took it back, put it back on mute after you were done. Like, all right. <laughs> so let's let's try to find more. You know, let's find better language. But yeah, that in a nutshell, that's kind of how it went down. But I guess it was only fitting considering the nonsense that was being said in this stupid meeting. And I'm sitting here thinking, man. Dude, did I make a big mistake here? And then I got to thinking, because now they want they want an outline of all this. I'm like, man, do you have any idea how many times I've taught all these different things? I mean, do, do you even, does it matter? And now I've got to take more time out of my day to put an outline together, you know, work with your people. There's like all this convoluted mess. But at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to do it. Because I remember, and I've never forgotten, and I never will forget, that when I was trying to evangelize what we do in permaculture, I would talk to anybody. I don't care if I was standing in line at the bank. I don't care if I was at the DMV. I don't care if I was on a job site. Believe me, I was willing to evangelize one person at a time, and I still have that mindset. So I'm like, okay, I'm dehydrated. I'm irritated. And I just sat there and used the bathroom when it wasn't on mute. And I'm like, okay, 
Uh, wow. And, and the way those Zoom calls work, it's not like they don't know who it came from, you know? It's, it's not... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting here your thinking, name just keeps popping up. <laughs> yeah they're like oh no man what's this guy so my attitude was reflected in what happened there and i'm thinking okay so i you know to come full circle with that story i'm thinking okay <laughs> you know at least i'm gonna go out here and i'm gonna evangelize um i don't care if i reach one person you know at the end of the day i'll put up with a little bit of nonsense if it means I can get this word out, if just one person in these classes I teach gets the point, then maybe it's worth the hurdles I had to jump. But that's dealing with lunatics. Now, let me let me just kind of shift this on over well, to before the job you, I'm on. Well, before you switch it over, so take that experience with that festival or, or group or whatever and compare it to Josh and Megan from far from where you live. Can you teach this class? Yes. Cool. That's the whole process. Yeah. That is the whole, because they trust that the people that they're contacting know the information. That's exactly, you know, I, I understand they probably had some boo-boos in the past or whatever the case may be, but man, I, I know my craft and I know how to teach it. And I know, I mean, I'm like, okay, you obviously saw my YouTube channel. I teach this stuff already. <laughs> yeah. Um. Trust me, when I get in there, I will have my ducks in a row and I'm like, okay, well, you know, sometimes you got to deal with some of these leftist lunatics and they're so indoctrinated with the nonsense around them that they got to talk about safe spaces and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I ain't even trying to hear any of this stuff right now. I'm tired. I'm dehydrated. I just want to get back. And so I sat there as soon as they said, as soon as that hour was up, man, I was done. <laughs> I'm out. So moving on to this next one, you know, I'm out here right now. Typically when I go to a, um, a homesteading conference, you know, you automatically right off the bat have, it's like, there's no introduction. It doesn't matter who it is or where they came from. Well, you introduce yourselves, but you already know that you have this in common. Otherwise you wouldn't be at the homesteading festival, you know, like farm where you live, like you just mentioned, you wouldn't even be there in the first place if you already didn't have this in common. So you generally have a more, you know, conservative minded type of person. I'm not liberal. I'm not conservative. I'm a, I'm a libertarian. And generally I'm one of those people that, man, if you're not, you know, if you're not harming anybody around you, then at the end of the day, I really don't care what you're doing. I, I mean, I care, but I'm not going to try to govern what you're doing as long as what you're doing doesn't affect anybody else. Um, well, I realized and- something today, dad, in, in line with that, I realized something today and that nature is an anarchist. Bam. Yep. There's yes, governance. There's governance, but there's no governing body over nature. Well, the Almighty. To, right. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who puts every bit in motion, you know, and makes all this stuff happen. But, you know, generally I get to point and that's, that's pretty ingenious, son. I don't, you know, Hey man, I don't have the best color commentator for nothing, <laughs> but yeah, even with these people out here, you know, I'm realizing that clearly you all come, you're not being paid for this. In fact, you had to pay to come here. So generally, you're going to deal with a different type of person. But in my case, you're dealing with people that, in, fa- in fact, when you deal with a lot of these young people that are raised in the leftist environment, there's no telling what you're going to come across with. 
And then me being considered probably the oldest person on this job, almost certainly the oldest one out here. And there's something of a, I wouldn't call it arrogance because I'm used to working with younger people to some extent. But I'm like, okay, man, I'm realizing at the same time, the public school system is screwed up. But by the fact that these people are even here says that they are open to different and new and unusual ideas. So some of these people, many of you out there might view them as lunatics. And some of them might be. Some of them are. I mean, they certainly don't have the same worldview about probably a great many things. But you know what else I'm finding out? is that there are a great many of these people out here also that do. They have a, a liberty-minded, there are many of these people that I'm, one from Tennessee, his name is Will also, lives outside of Nashville, met him here. And another guy from California, his name is Will as well. Um, realizing, you know, hey man, there's more freedom-minded people out there, even though you may have to go through a number of other people that you may view as lunatics. As I'm working more and more on this job, I'm realizing that there's at least one piece of every single person here that I can somehow relate to. And with that, I can build upon it. You know, I, I haven't exchanged numbers with anybody here except for the one guy from California. And I'm thinking, okay, before it's all said and done, there's probably a lot of these people that I want to keep in contact with. In fact, there's a number of them I think that I do. But you're going to deal, you're going to filter, you're going to, some of these people are going to be lunatics in their own ways. But somehow I'm realizing that I got to suck up whatever issues I may have and then drive on. And because I find out a little bit about these people, and then later on I find out a little bit more. And then I find out, like, for example, the people from California, I'm finding out from the horse's mouth what life is like out there. Also, we have a lady from Argentina, sweet as can be. And she, we've heard so much in the news about Argentina and what's going on there. Well, I'm finding out from her that guess what? Once again, we ain't hearing the whole story. We're not hearing even a fraction of it. Everything is filtered. But if we don't reach out there and I'm talking to me as much as anybody else out there. If you don't filter through whatever lunatics you may have to, or things that may be off-putting to you at first, you're never going to find out the real, you know, you're not, not going to find out how these people tick because I'm learning a lot about myself too in this whole process. So now I know in your case, you've had to deal with some lunatics too. Um, like, and, and believe it or not, I actually kind of ran into it out here where somebody telling me that how bad cows are for the environment. Well, oh, believe man. me, I almost came off the top rope on that one, but I know you dealt with some stuff also in the earthship environment when you were teaching a permaculture class. What, <laughs> what yeah. kind of lunatic stuff did you have to go through? Like running chickens in a chicken tractor on steroids is slavery. Uh, you're, that, I mean, they're, they're easy arguments to dismantle. It's just the constant... It's the knowing you're the only one there that thinks this way or thinks correctly. Um, and then it's also just the constant battle. That's what it is. Cause it's not like, it's not like where it's an upfront conflict, right? Where like you and I have an issue with each other. We're going to talk about it and we're going to get through it and all that. That's not what it is. It's all these passive aggressive like comments and, and stuff like that. And that's what just makes it exhausting. 
just being around these lunatics the whole time. But you could also flip it and entertain yourself. You can also start messing with these vegans. Like there's this one YouTube channel that I see, um, and he's this guy is trying to convert his wife into eating meat, and she's a vegetarian. And he keeps on slipping like, oh, this impossible burger. Like he'll cook the impossible burger, but he'll cook it in a bunch of bacon fat. And stuff like that. So he's slowly switching her over. She doesn't know it yet. But you could be playing pranks like that with these lunatics. <laughs> or just saying like... Well, the prank was... Off the wall stuff. Go ahead. That, I mean, you know that they're going to just look at you funny for. I mean, you can turn this into a game. You Especially if you get to the point where you know that you're just beating your head up against the wall with these people. You can get to a point where you're just playing a game with them. And they have no idea because they don't get humor. Well, it's well, that's a really good point for some of the lunatics. They definitely don't get humor. Like I'm talking a lot of those folks I met from Seattle and some of those places. Although there is a lady, the older lady from Washington State, man, she is as hard as woodpecker lips. But man, I, I mean, I met a lot of those people and it's like the end thing now. They think that, you know, being stoic means you have no expression whatsoever, that no matter how funny the joke is, you're not allowed to laugh no matter what, because I'm a stoic. That's the end thing now with a lot of these hipsters. But the joke was on me today and all the other days because you come out here and they say, yeah, we'll provide lunch. And you warned me yep. and you said it was a be all vegan. Man, I'm also wondering, you know, when is somebody going to show deference to the people that eat meat? When are, when are they going to say, hey, we need to provide a menu for the people that eat carnivore? I only because eat nutrient-dense foods. Fact, <laughs> Sorry, Dad. I didn't well, mean to cut you off. Check this out. I well, I'm realizing I'm realizing also that some of the digestive issues I've been having are likely from some of the oils they use and some of that vegan food. Well, um, I was I, I went and picked up a sandwich at a Circle K, man. I was I was like, dude, I'm eat, I ain't eating whatever they they're bringing out there. You know, it's just not my cup of tea. Although, you know, some of it seemed halfway decent. And then the owner, when they broke up them vegan burritos, they said, "Yeah, we're bringing burritos." I'm like, "Oh, cool." Man, they bust out these big vegan burritos, man. I guess the look on my face, I was I was aggravated. And I was like, man, dude, I ain't even trying to eat this. But um, you know, I part I, I, I had to force myself to partake. Well, since that time, man, I'm just stopping at the store, picking up some hard boiled eggs. This time I got a sandwich. I get out there and he comes over to me, he was the owner, and he says, Hey, uh, Billy, you don't like our food here? And I I mean, my knee jerk reaction almost was, No, I don't. <laughs> But I didn't. I said, um, I said, you know, it seems, you know, vegan really isn't uh, what I prefer to eat. So, I, you know, I don't want to put anybody out. So I'll just bring my own. He says, well, we got this salad over here and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I might I might get over there. But, man, I'm like, dude, I'm just going to eat this Circle K sandwich <laughs> and drive on with that. And plus, I mean, it was enough. I didn't really need to eat anything else. Shouldn't even have been eating that in the first place but you know it's it's working around and some people when you get around a bunch of vegans man you start i mean son you know better than anybody man how weird that can get yep so i'm just gonna suck it up and drive on but look you're gonna deal with who you view as a lunatic and you know let's be honest here some people see me as a doggone lunatic so if i'm gonna show if i'm gonna show if i'm gonna learn anything even if it's learning what not to do, then I'm going to have to open myself up. And I suggest you too. All right, y'all. When we get back, we're going to move on into the Q&A. 
Now that is a jam, man. That's from Conan the Barbarian. Now, a lot of people might think it's an Alex Jones song. It really isn't. That song's called The Anvil of Crumb. And one of the best soundtracks out there, believe it or not, is from Conan the Barbarian. My other favorite soundtrack of all time is the one from Last of the Mohicans. And um, yeah, so here we are into the Q&A, son. Do you want to kick it off? Yeah, let me. It's going to take me a little bit. Um, the, uh, Fountain did an update. And before they had like the people who posted comments and stuff like sectioned off to a different area. Uh, now it's all mixed together with anybody who like boosted or streamed or anything like that. I'll, I'll go ahead and kick it off, man. We got one from Baldwin Farm. I got this one off of uh, freesteading.com. I was wondering if I'd even be able to get to this because um, I got Wi-Fi working in this place finally. And um, now I can use I can use other means to find out what's time and what, what's going on. Oh, he says, I have a question. I use my animal waste in my garden. Should I let it age first? We have goats, cows, pigs, and poultry. And uh, also, what can we do to make it much better? I know that we cannot add meat products. Okay, well, that's not entirely true. You can put a lot of meat stuff in your compost, especially if it's a hot compost process. We put a lot of raw meat in there all the time, and it makes some of the best compost ever. Um, as far as aging your animal waste, um, you can do that. But what we do typically, and it's it's always going to be better to age it and compost it if you possibly can. And well, what well, I do, well, hold on. It depends. Um, it depends if you're adding it directly to your garden. Yes, you want to age it. If you're going to add right. it to your compost, do not age it because you want that nitrogen to interact with the carbon. Right. I misspoke there. So yeah, thanks for straightening straightening me out. Now, in orchard settings, we put it directly on there, but we don't dig it in. We just put it on the surface. Put it on the surface, and then um, that's important. Because you definitely, every time, just think about this. Every time nature puts down fertility, it always goes on the surface. So if you do that, your microorganisms, your worms and all that stuff, will they'll make the exchange for you. It may take a little time depending on how, how alive your soil is, but that's exactly what we do. Go ahead, son. All right. This is from Humble Servant. Um, after watching the dimming, Surely there must be a way to mitigate the impact of some of these chemicals like aluminum, barium, and strontium impacting our soil and water. I wonder if there's a substance, plant extract, clay, or whatever that can bind these chemicals to neutralize them. Perhaps we can make a repository for such scientific information slash research. Maybe reverse engineer some of the windmill generators to blow the aerosols to Washington, D.C. Just kidding, <laughs> of course. But Man, yeah. I like that idea. Is there a but, way I mean, to like filter those those heavy metals out of the sky? I don't I don't know. See, I know Dame Wigington. Um, he was getting blasted out there in California, and it it dimmed it so much that his solar arrays weren't even working properly anymore. I really don't have an answer on that. I mean, I know it's you know aluminum, barium, and all kinds of wicked stuff they're spraying, and the tests show it. Even though you can't get most people to take a second look at it. And if you haven't checked it out, please check out the dimming. You'll be glad you, well, maybe maybe you won't be glad you did, but it's going to get you one step closer to finding out what's really going on there. But as far as ways to mitigate that, I'm wondering, and I thought about this before, I'm wondering that the more robust you make your place, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I'm wondering if you make your place more and more and more robust in terms of microorganisms in terms of life in the soil and life all the way around 
I'm wondering if there is a way for it to mitigate this stuff because we find that through the composting process, there's so many things are being made inert. It's not that they disappeared, they're just being made inert. Son, do you have any ideas on that? Yeah, I'm wondering if that uh, filter suck guy, do you you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. I wonder if they could come up with something that would like at least protect either your house or your, your property or something like that. Because they're not filtering anything. They're, uh, I, I don't even know how that thing works, actually, but it, it kills the material, the uh, viruses and all that stuff. It kills it and then drops it to the ground, making it inert. So I wonder I wonder if they could create something like that. Yeah, I'm curious. What do you got on your end? Um, hey, pimps, thanks for all you do. Just starting out with two American guinea hogs. No experience with electric, electric fences. I know you mentioned Patriot as a brand in a previous show. Any special or any specific model numbers? What is the minimum jewels needed? Thanks. Also, this weekend we'll be visiting Wolf Ridge Ski Resort with some family and friends. My kids are too little to, uh, too young for skiing, so I was planning to visit uh, Mars Hill. Do you have any suggestions for local restaurants? Hashtag tip a pimp. That's from BMAC11. Well, Mars Hill, one of the things that really isn't going wonderful there is the food scene. Uh, you would think it would be better. There's some town council nonsense going on but uh really ain't got no suggestions there you might want to check out burnsville well meadow sweet creamery oh yeah yeah Yeah, now that's a place to go if you go to meadow sweet creamery in mars hill it's right next to the library but that is some that ice cream is off the hook as far as any other food in mars hill um I mean, once you get here, you'll realize what we're talking about, but there isn't really much in the way of food. The one restaurant in town that we did like went downhill like crazy this year or just recently. Um, But yeah, I would go check out Burnsville. Didn't you try some pig place in Burnsville, Dad? Yeah, pig and grits over in Burnsville. uh, Ben and Denise turned us on to that. That was really good. There's a decent pizza place over there. Hog Hollow. Um, Hog Hog Hollow Pizza. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So there, you might check that out. Um, well, hold on, hold on. We got distracted by the food part. What about the minimum jewels needed for your uh, fence charger for Patriot fence charger? Well, it's hard. It's hard to say because it all depends on what type of fence you're using. If you're using just um, like steel, like number twelve wire out there, you can do. You can run your pigs that way. Maybe a strand or two. Um, you typically don't need a big charger, but when you're using pig nests pig nets from premier one i like to make those things really really hard so a 30 mile um it's hard to say because i don't know what your load is but i tend to always go really really high so i don't really use anything less than two joules and the stuff i'm using right now is generally three so that's what i favor i usually like a dc i like the I like the Patriot ACDC model, and that's about 150 bucks. I think you're going to pay for that. I think it's called a P30. Um, Say that again. You you cut out. Say that again. I think that model's called the P30, and I think it's two joules. I'm really, really happy with it. In fact, I got two more of them as backups. So, um, yeah, I really love I really love everything they, they do there. In fact, for anybody else out there, if you're going to get any kind of charger or anything like that, try to get it from New Zealand or uh, Australia. They make the best, in my opinion. And I think Greg Judy would agree with me. Okay, um, I got one from JG. What is the hot listing you always talk about? Well, it's a power list. I haven't always talked. 
it's well, she said hot list, and I think she's meaning the um, power list. It's basically a list. I got it from Andy Frisella, and um, your mom first turned me on to him, and uh, John over at SOE, he was talking about him. And so I really started paying attention. For a while there, it was touch and go. I didn't care for the gratuitous profanity on there. Then I was able to overlook it and extract the information that I think is valuable. Well, anyway, this power list consists of the five critical things, no more, no less, of the five critical things you have to get done that day. As you do them, you mark them off the list. Now, I've been doing it now. I don't even know how long. It's been a few weeks. And I'm finding out, even even on the road, like right now, I still have a list. I do it at the end of every day. And I check it off, and I've only failed once. Well, it is getting you used to winning the day. That is the real purpose of a power list. There's a bunch of things. Number one, you feel really good when you knock off this stuff. And you get into, you're like, okay, well, I'll knock this off. Now what do I do? Well, you can do whatever you want. Um, it's the five most critical things. So it gets you accustomed to winning. So before I started the set, before I start the 75 hard, I wanted to be really, really good at this power list. And honestly, it is one of the best decisions I've ever done. All right. So what do you got, son? Uh, I got one from Eric Sider. Uh, succulent ground covers are what you need in dry lens. Ice plant being a good one. Jeff uh, Jeff has multiple ones on the Greening the Desert site in Jordan. He talks about some in his latest videos. Um, I think that was in uh, response to that one. What was that one clip you did of that guy's place in Arizona? Uh, yeah. What was his name? Was it Dan? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that's what it was in response to. He has another comment here. Uh, California keeps take or keeps talking about expensive complicated ways to try and store rainwater but no one is talking about putting rainwater tanks or cisterns at everyone's house in commercial buildings it would probably cost a fraction of whatever ridiculous project the government is conceiving this plus earthworks would solve most of the issues which is funny because the article that ben sent uh they had actually allotted was it like seven point something billion for the rainwater catchment yeah and they've done nothing <laughs> yeah absolutely nothing yep so, I mean, also with, oh, by the way, Eric, if you're listening, that guy, Dan, he asked me if I, <laughs> so he's like, dude, that is the coolest shirts in the world. So I'm going to send him a couple of t-shirts from Eric. In fact, I've, every single day on this job, I've been wearing Eric's shirts and everybody's like looking forward every day to what shirt I'm going to wear. So, um, yeah, get your shirts from Eric Satter. Y'all can get it through his YouTube channel. Got one from Ronald. Um, He's been here since the early 70s helping his grandfather raise pigs. His question's about sourcing food from restaurants. Um, and he's wondering, you know, how do you convince the rest? Well, we've done we've done video, not videos, but you'll have to check out. I don't know what number it is, but it's covered in previous podcasts. But in a in a nutshell, if you when you go to a restaurant, make sure you do it preferably on a Tuesday. They're gonna be least busy then. Okay. You want to go between the hours of 2 and 4. I misspoke in a previous video and said between 12 and 2. That's not the time you go. Between 2 and 4. And you go in there, and I, I'm probably going to develop an entire script for this. But basically, concentrate your, your um, questions on how you can be a, best, a blessing to them. Because he's asking, do you provide them with buckets? Do you offer anything in trade? Yeah, you could do that if you're already raising eggs or whatever. Hey, man, I'll drop you off some eggs. And, you know, could you help me out? You can go. There's so many different ways, and there's not one way to go about it. 
but always try to find a way in which they benefit. If you can stick yourself, if you can, and anybody else out there, if you can focus entirely on how you can help them, like for example, at one of the um, Asian grocery stores I frequent, um, their blessing, the blessing to them is, if I'm taking out the stuff that would ordinarily go into their dumpster, well, guess what? They don't, and I'm talking a lot of produce has to get thrown away. Well, that's one less time a week the dumpster guy has to come. Guess what? Just save them money. All I got to do is coordinate the day, go in there, and I do this all on like one day where I hit all these places up. It takes some coordination. It takes some time. But after a while, when you do it, it becomes turnkey. And also, you know, we talked about that shirt that Jack Spearco sells. That helps too. All right, son, what do you got? Well, you're looking for episode two. So if we go to episode two, we'll, we uh, talk about all that, really. Um, that's that's it for the fountain app. That's all the questions and comments I got from there. Uh, guys, also, I almost forgot. Well, I did forget to say it at the beginning of the video or the beginning of the podcast. Um, check us out on that voicemail line, 828-380-4419. If you're wanting to uh, leave us a voicemail, call the number, leave a voicemail, and we will do a voicemail show. 828-380-4419. One more time, son. I think I stepped on you. 828-380-4419. Can you link that down below? Uh, Well, it's not a link. I can put the phone number down below. Might not be a bad idea. Yeah. Um, We got this one from uh, Ricky. And uh, he was asking about, um, okay, there were some folks out there that did a video, and they were very critical about, some other homesteaders out there. And as many of you know, I've been critical myself about the ones that are constantly selling fear. They made this transition and somebody made a video and it had me in it. Now, in fairness, um, they took completely out of context what I'd said in that video. And they used it to bolster their own argument. Well, you know, right or wrong, you know, I, I'm realizing that a lot of people out there, they do things to try and um, further their YouTube channel. They want to they want to build an audience. They want to do this. They want to do that. And they want to go about it in all these different ways that aren't necessarily helpful. But honestly, they shoot themselves in the foot. Well, they took one of my videos and they inserted it into their video. I had no knowledge about it until uh, my buddy Joe told me about it. I saw it and I was about to blast them. And I thought, you know what? That'll do exactly what they intended. If I sit here and put these people and I blast them and I tell everybody about what they did, well, I would have, and it, believe me, it was a hard thing for me not to do. Because um, typically when somebody comes at me, uh, whatever the case may be, I come firing back. And that's not always the best tactic. So it really took some, uh, man, that was really tough for me to do. But I'm like, okay, that's exactly what they want. They want me to go out here and make a big deal out of it, and then people go checking them out and all this other stuff. So, like I said, they took me completely out of context, but I let it be. And if it's too egregious in the future, believe me, I will. I have no problem whatsoever coming at these people that do this sort of thing. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not well, going to wait. It's also, like, what, six months late? Like, what? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> like, you were – this happened six months ago. Why are they just now at, like making a video about it? Well, I think precisely for that reason, so they can get themselves an audience, you know. Um, yeah. We'll move on. So I got one from Donna. 
And she was saying, I was wanting to purchase some comfrey, which by the way, I think we're out right now. I don't know that we got any more until probably late March. Right. And she was asking, what kind do we sell? Well, it's Bocking number four, Russian. And it doesn't, you know, it's not invasive. It it only goes anywhere is if you dig it up. So, um, and it's yeah, the we're best hoping. tasting to uh, livestock as well. <laughs> Apparently, some of the other varieties are very uh, bitter to livestock, but the Bocking number, the Russian Bocking number four, is the least bitter to livestock. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's it, the it it works great. We can't grow. I mean, we sell this stuff, and we can't even grow enough of it. So the idea is to put ourselves out of business selling comfrey where it's so ubiquitous that you can't that where the notion of even selling it is insane um uh we got one here where he said i saw your billy and yes consequences be damn i feel your frustration and greed um being from texas well i guess i'll get down to it um oh shoot i'm sorry y'all this thing's starting to glitch up on me over here i'm sorry to eric but that thing ain't gonna work out um Sorry, man, your comment up for some reason. It's just I'm having all kinds of crazy glitches out here. All right, y'all, to come full circle, remember <laughs> that call-in line. We would like to add that segment, and um, we want to ultimately get to the point where we can have some podcasts where it's all live radio, Q&A. Man, I miss that kind of stuff because there's something really cool about it when people can call in where I'm not reading your comments, where everybody can hear your voice, and we can give you a shout-out on the really cool things that are going on. Remember. If you're interested in any kind of butchery, I know you're checking out this podcast right now, but check it out down below. Farm where you live. They're good, salt of the earth, good people. Josh and Megan, really awesome people. And uh, it's been a joy to be able to work with them. Also, like I said, Ben and Meg Holler are going to be there. So you're going to get some fantastic instruction. They've learned from multiple sources, multiple people. And frankly, I'm really excited to see what Ben comes up with himself because He's one of those people that is, he's like so unbelievably efficient. I'm curious to see how he is going to improve pig butchery. So I'm looking forward to that as well. All right, y'all, that's going to wrap it up for us. Until next time, stay alert. Stay alive. <laughs>